KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk, staying on top of all the mud damage in Southern California. If we hear any information out of Santa Barbara County, we will bring it to you. Also, judge has blocked the president's decision to end DACA. We'll have the latest on that coming up at 1230. Have you heard this story also that hotels are changing their policies when it comes to the do not disturb little placards? I was in Vegas over the weekend and I saw the placard for the first time in my life and I said, what the hell is this? This is a change in policy and it got me thinking, how many people have died in this hotel room? Oh, that's gross. Uh, But we'll talk about that because Disney has definitely changed their policies. We'll explain that in the uh, one o'clock hour. Eric Leonard joins us now. Looks like we are releasing a child molester here in Los Angeles County. Eric, break down all the great details. Well, I don't know if I would say we, because it's certainly nothing you (laughs) or I have had a hand in. But it, it is going to happen, and it seems to be the result of a legal mess, which is not without precedent. Something that happens, you know, lots of times... We follow these cases through the court that become newsworthy, and the, the sort of the, the more prominent a case is sometimes, the longer it seems to take to work its way through the court system, and everyone wonders, well, what are all these delays about? Well, some delays are built into the system because people are entitled to a right to a speedy trial, but they're also allowed to make sure that they're prepared for trial, and you can't really push somebody to begin a trial more quickly than they are legitimately ready. And one way we've seen that happen over and over again is when somebody changes defendants. We've seen that in the Suge Knight prosecution. Changes lawyers. Uh, What's that? Changes lawyers. Yeah, every time the lawyer gets changed, the new lawyer has to be given time to get up to speed on the case. And I think Suge is on attorney five right now. Uh, And so that case has been derailed. This case involves a guy named George Vasquez, who uh, admitted, uh, pled no contest in the 1990s to molesting several children. I think they were all boys between the ages of six and eight. And as a result of that guilty plea, because a no contest plea is the same as a guilty plea, he was sentenced to, I think, a dozen years or so in state prison. Well, while he was in state prison, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office began the process of uh, having Vasquez possibly designated in court as something called a, a sexually violent predator. This is something that we've talked about quite a bit over the last few years because it's a designation that allows the authorities to confine somebody to a mental institution beyond the term of a particular prison sentence. And we saw that in the case of the pillowcase rapist, that guy Christopher Hubbard, who was finally let out of a mental hospital where he'd been held rather indefinitely as a sexually violent predator for years, and then his lawyers argued that that was unfair. Is the point to do it indefinitely, or do they put a term on it? Well, the the term has to do with whether or not somebody has been for lack of a better term, cured of being a sexually violent predator. Because a hospital is a place where you're supposed to get better, not be held indefinitely. But if somebody continues to display the behavior and signs that they can't control their impulses if they were to be released, in theory, somebody can be held indefinitely. And so the district attorney's office in L.A. County made that Uh, made that demand in court to have this guy Vasquez declared a sexually violent predator, but that action causes a trial to be held. 
And it wasn't the trial over the molestations themselves, because he admitted to that. He confessed to police, pleaded guilty in court, was sentenced. It was the delays leading up to the trial about whether or not he could be labeled a sexually violent predator that caused the action that got some attention today. But it wasn't the prosecutor's office that was continually delaying this. It it was was the public defenders. According to the judge, it was both in the uh, initial years. And this is also because this is kind of a specialized area of the law. Uh, Fortunately for all of us, there aren't that many people that that, uh, collect this designation. And so the attorneys who are skilled in either prosecuting and putting somebody away for this, and defending it are uh, fairly few. The DA's office has some that have handled these before. The public defender's office has some. Uh, Obviously, both sides here, you can imagine, blamed one another. The judge blamed the defense lawyers at the end, but earlier on blamed prosecutors for delaying it. Well, okay, but the prosecutors probably delayed it in the beginning. That's what usually happens is they get ready for a trial. They're not going to get ready in 60 days or whatever whatever it is. Um, But if if the public defender's office is then, and we see this, like you said, in the Suge Knight case, we see this all the time, the the defense, in this case, the public defender's office started delaying it over and over and over again. Why didn't the judge remove the public defender's office and appoint separate counsel? Well, that is probably where this case would have wound up were it not for the Superior Court Judge uh, James Bianco, who uh, made a ruling that Vasquez now has to be freed no matter what. Uh, eventually, this case winds up in front of Judge Bianco, and for whatever reason, The judges prior to that didn't take it away and appoint what they call either a panel attorney, which is a private lawyer that agrees to take cases assigned by the county when the public defender or the alternate public defender are legally precluded from handling a case or, for whatever reason, cannot physically do it. And this sounds like that third category, where after years and years and years, eventually you would think a judge would just say, wait a second, nothing's happening here. These delays are getting excessive. We need to appoint somebody who can focus on this and deal with this today. Because the alternative is what's happened here, where the judge has found that 14 or 17 years of delays have amounted to a constitutional rights violation. And then it's the judge's own fault. Well, if this was the judge that handled this case the entire time, that's one of the things we're trying to find out, but it sounds like it was not. It sounds like after 17 years, this case landed in this judge's courtroom, and this judge took action as opposed to maybe the previous judges who had who had managed or heard this case from time to time before then. So the result to public safety is a terrible one because even the judge doesn't disagree with prosecutors that this is a really dangerous guy, somebody who should not be out roaming the streets, somebody who possibly deserved the sexually violent predator designation that would result in continual confinement in a mental hospital, but due to the uh, inability of the legal system to do anything, now we're at a point where any kind of sentence or order that would be imposed as a result of this secondary trial would probably get thrown out on any kind of constitutional legal challenge because it took so you-know-what long for this to happen. I hate what uh, this guy's attorney said. This guy's attorney, a guy by the name of Mark Brandt, called the judge's decision courageous and well-reasoned. Yeah, it's really (laughs) courageous to put a child molester back on the streets because of the judge's fault, whether it be this judge or any judge that had had custody of the case before. 
Yeah, very courageous. Give me a break. And, and by the way, we reached out to the uh, the prosecutor, uh, the not the prosecutor who had this case originally, but the one who was most recently assigned. His name is Richard Ceballos with the L.A. County DA's office. We haven't heard back from him yet. Ceballos is a very interesting guy, and we have to go through official channels to speak with him because he got punished by Steve Cooley, the former district attorney years ago, for speaking up about some crooked sheriff's deputies. And he was punished as a result of it. He sued the county. His case went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court made a ruling based on this deputy district attorney's case alone that said, if you're a government employee, you don't really have First Amendment rights to speak up about things. So we want to make sure that we go through all the proper channels, and he gets permission before he uh, agrees to an interview with us today about this. But he wasn't the guy at the beginning of the case. He's just the deputy DA that got it most recently. It's frustrating. <clears throat> all right, Eric, thank you. <laughs> all right, see you guys. Eric Leonard there with the latest on this uh, story. And again, the um, Vasquez is expected to be scheduled to be released back on this or scheduled to be released on February 7th. Uh, the delay, according to the judge, is just to give the hospital time to arrange for the actual discharge and to give prosecutors time to decide whether or not they're going to appeal the case. I can't imagine them not appealing it, but we'll see. Coming up next, the image of the mudslides yesterday that will stick with us is the image of the firefighters rescuing that 14-year-old girl out of the rubble that remained from her home, just covered in mud. An update on that when we return. Gary and Shannon will continue. Time for uh, for us to give away $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Told you earlier the president is going to hold a news conference a little after noon our time. He is actually hosting Norwegian Prime Minister Erna Solberg at the White House right now. They're uh, sitting down in front of that fireplace and doing just the usual handshakes and nice greetings, etc. So uh, they'll do a formal news conference a little bit later. And if there's anything said in there, a lot of issues that are going on the president's expected to take questions on, we'll make sure that we bring those to you, the answers to those questions when we get into Swamp Watch. Well, one of the stories that um, that we talked yesterday it, it, that made headlines in terms of watching the mudslides in Montecito even though the death toll is at 15, uh, there are still at least 24 people who are listed as missing and 300 some odd who are trapped but not believed to be injured. One of the stories was the 14-year-old girl who was rescued early yesterday morning. Uh, Lauren Canton was found caked in mud under the ruins of her home after this mudslide rolled through it in Montecito. She said, I thought I was dead for a minute in there. She was stuck for six hours. At one point, um, Andy Rupp with the Montecito Fire Department said, as we came off this debris pile in the back, my partner and I were able to hear a little bit of a scream, so we got real quiet. We were able to locate her, and over the last six hours, we've been locating exactly where she was. This is obviously yesterday morning. Digging down to her with the help of a lot of tools, we were able to free her out. She's on her way to the hospital right now. Again, that was yesterday. They had to use the jaws of life in um, to get through some of the stuff what was left of her house that was on top of her now 
to add to the tragedy in all of this, her father and brother are still missing at this point. And if you saw what remained of that house. Yeah, I mean, it's th- nothing. What they what the first picture we saw was her caked in mud and some of the firefighters next to her also caked in mud after they had gone in to get her walking down the pile of debris to get her out of there and it's just unbelievable in terms of uh, the just the destruction. Bless you. Right now they're saying that Romero Canyon, which is the southern more southern area of the Montecito uh, neighborhood. There are about 300 people who are said to be stuck in their homes in, in Romero Canyon, not necessarily covered in mud, but that the streets are blocked by by mud and debris uh, or the roads themselves are blocked by uh, by vehicles and other things that were just thrown into this neighborhood because of the mudslides. Fifteen people have been killed. Two dozen are unaccounted for. Searches obviously still going on. Some neighborhoods told to shelter in place so rescue vehicles and crews can get in there. I saw an interview yesterday. It's hard for us to to describe the the devastation in this neighborhood, but to see the people who live there talk about what their neighborhood looked like Sunday night and then when the light came out Monday morning to see homes literally gone. So if you were to stand in your neighborhood and point across the street and know that that entire house— was ripped off of its foundation and just gone. You couldn't see any trace of it, even though it was somewhere down on the riverbed. That's just a bizarre... I mean, the the fact that these people have had to deal with what they've dealt with in the last month is in, is incredible. They were warned that mudslides were coming as soon as forecasters were able to predict that heavy rain. But of course, when you think mudslides, you think probably mud down the side of uh, of the roads. You think maybe... Uh, maybe uh, a little bit in the backyard or something like that. You don't think a river of waist high, at least mud, a wall of mud making its way, ripping homes from the foundations. Guy named Thomas spoke to the AP, says he stepped outside his Montecito home in the middle of the night the other night, heard a deep rumbling as he described it, an ominous sound I knew was boulders moving as the mud was rising. Think about that, the sound of boulders moving down the hills. Two cars were missing from his driveway. He watched two others slowly move down sideways down the middle of the street in a river of mud. In the daylight, he says he was shocked to see a body pinned by muck against his neighbor's home. That's how powerful it was. He says he wasn't sure who who that person was. The unfortunate thing is that this death toll could go much worse. Last night, the Santa Barbara County Fire Department said that, that well, I think then the death toll was 13, but uh, but that it was expected to go up. It's gone up to 15. But if we still have two dozen people missing, it's it's you can expect that some of those people are simply lost. Uh, and like we saw in the La Conchita mudslide, there's a there's a chance we never recover the bodies just because it's it's either too dangerous or they're. They're just gone, and you just don't know where they went. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this. And again, if there is if, if there is information that comes out of Santa Barbara, uh, like new updates from the fire department or from rescue crews, we'll bring it to you live. Coming up next, robo strippers. God, what are we doing? What are we doing in this world? It's time to burn it all. Aren't regular strippers enough? 
What if there's like a competition? What if they have they go head to head competition? See who makes the most oh, money. I think we got a little bit of that out of Steve Gregory's report. <laughs> By the way, you're going to get blasted on the social media for saying aren't real strippers enough? I don't care, Gary. <laughs> If that's if that's what hey, I get blasted for, then a couple of different career decisions. Bring and it on. Then you would have been a stripper. Yeah. yeah, I know. I've seen you work at Conway's birthday parties, yeah, which we still not, haven't talked about. Pretty. You said you guys were going to fill me in. I'll fill you in. Coming up next, <laughs> Gary and Shannon. You know I've been so lost in translation Like I'm fighting for truths in Babylon Trying to find my peace in the zone of war Mudslides in Montecito still the big story today. The death toll is at 15. In the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to check back in with Chris and Carlo. Spent the day there yesterday and is back out there again today watching these rescues because we still have a couple of dozen people who are uh, unaccounted for. Several hundred people are trapped in their homes because of the mudslides there in Montecito. So we'll get an update from him. Just found out today also Congressman Darrell Issa from down in the San Diego area, pretty powerful Republican in Congress, has said that he will retire, that he's not going to run again. Uh, so that's going to leave up uh, an interesting, I guess, battle for his seat when uh, when we get to the midterms come November. Also, the president is holding some sort of a, a news conference. He's actually hosting the Norwegian prime minister at the White House right now. They're expected to hold a joint news conference, and when those happen, usually take some questions from uh, from the assorted media, and we expect him to do so again today and keep an ear out for uh, any of the answers to some of the big questions that uh, are facing him today. Well, our friend Steve Gregory has uh, has had quite a, quite a weekend. Oh, we're just going to have one minute. Uh the Consumer Electronics Show is in Vegas. So Steve went there and went right to the strippers. Which is, you know, I don't know it's how... classic. He... I mean, if you know Steve, if you spent 10 minutes with Steve, it's pretty classic, I'd say. These aren't just any strippers, though. These are robotic strippers. Have you seen these things move? Yes. I felt oddly violated by the video. It's just a, it's just a robot, though. If you haven't seen it, yeah. you can check it out. KFIAM640.com. Way to pimp the robotic strippers on our website. <laughs> it's all about the hits, baby. Mm. All about those clicks. Clicks. Um, <laughs> the idea that you would walk into a Vegas strip club, though, and see a robot. Well, how did you feel, I guess I should ask, because you're, you're the, uh, the consumer here. You're a man. Uh, who likes the women? And did you feel any sort of feelings when you watched the robots? No, I felt awkward. Yes. Be- and, and here's why I felt awkward. I felt awkward because I feel bad. There are people who were getting off on that. Are there? Like there is a lid for every pot, and somewhere there are pots who are like, that is my lid. I have finally found it. Yeah, well, there's something for everyone. Have we not learned that? Yeah, but that's what <clears throat> I mean is that yeah. for this something there is someone i guess it could be cheaper than going to a strip club how over time uh steve gregory will help us with all of these deep burning questions steve good morning good good morning of course you. you went straight to the stripper robots you sick man you're not covered in like 30 weight are you like hydraulic <laughs> fluid isn't all over you that's gross that is so gross 
first of all, I didn't even know about him until a certain producer assigned me the story. Who? So I wouldn't even have known about it. We well, name names uh, on this program. Michelle Cube. Ah, uh, yeah, see. Let me get my thank you note out. Yeah, but that's like throwing a raw steak to a lion. She knew that you were going to go. Yeah, you know, here I am knee deep in uh, wearable tech and, you know, and learning about new uh, new programs and Intel processors. And I get this text. It's like, you have to go cover the robo strippers at the Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. I'm like, OK. <laughs> so, well, I for, dropped everything and headed over. Uh, I mean, we've we see this in every line of work, it seems, where robots are taking over and automation is going to replace the human worker. Did you talk to any of the, you know, human workers about this? Yeah. Um, in fact, I it, it aired on my feature this morning, and I actually interviewed uh, one of the dancers there and asked her kind of a comparison of if she was in fear of losing her job, and she just kind of laughed. She said, "I don't think so." And then, um, where'd you find the stripper? She was just coming on duty. Where? At the club. At the club. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't act like you don't know how this works, first of all. Um, and secondly, <laughs> you know, this, 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 this feigned... The feigned morality police card that I'm trying yeah, to play is misplaced? Yeah, this fake morality thing you're trying to pull off is, just doesn't fly with you. <laughs> okay. Continue. What, are the, what is the point of these things? <laughs> it's just a big promotional stunt. I mean, the things aren't even here in the States. They had to bring them over from London. Uh, and it, it's part of it. It was an art installation because really the the the, um, the the key to the to this whole thing is the head. What makes up the head is the surveillance cameras. I mean, and it's an art installation about voyeurism and things like that. So it's it's an art piece actually that this this gentleman's club co-opted to come over and sort of tie themselves into the CES convention. Oh. They had a huge press press event the other night that I didn't go to. I was it was on Sunday. It was the night of the Golden Globes, and so. Uh, you know, they had a huge event, and then it got some press and stuff, and that's how Michelle saw it. It was actually, she saw it in a London newspaper, because the, the artist is well-known in London, but this club paid for the artist and the and the two robo-strippers to come over, and they're, they're, they're set up, they're actually set up in the lobby as you walk in. They're not even on the main stage or anything. They were Sunday night, but not now. They're just a, they're just a display as you walk what in. What are their names? Oh, um, you know what? They actually have, it's R two double D and uh, oh gosh, what's uh, triple CPU? <laughs> That's good Hello? stuff. Are you guys there? <laughs> Hello. Hey, can you hang uh, on and talk to us about some of the useful things there? Sure. <laughs> he was gonna. He was gonna argue with your point. That I know this wouldn't he was. Be useful uh, useful but... for for all peoples, yeah. not just Steve. All right. <laughs> okay steve uh got a preview at ces and we'll come back to steve in just a second about what's going on in uh real stuff not just this you know odd art installation that turned out to be an advertising campaign for a gentleman's club in vegas uh monica just to fill you in mm-hmm. uh last conway birthday or well, no it was two <laughs> years ago so a couple octobers ago okay uh, Gary dressed in drag in a Marilyn Monroe dress but and why? did a strip. T- it doesn't matter about why, mm. like full makeup and wig and did. I don't even think he was wearing <laughs> underwear. Hold on. And He's did trying a to full say no, no. Lap dance for Conway, who was freaking mortified. <laughs> okay. Fake news, Michael Wolf. Listen, <clears throat> it was 
I wore I wore lipstick. Wasn't full makeup. <laughs> there was blush involved. Remember? No, there wasn't. No, that was your natural cheeks. Yeah. Did you? Yes. Oh. I was just flushed at that point. Got it. Uh, and are the, there pictures or a video? Yes. And yes, I don't know exactly where, but yes, there is some evidence of it. <laughs> so yeah. That's amazing. But in fact, the picture of the party is out in the hallway. If you see it out, in the, it's one of those posters out in the hallway of Conway's oh. birthday party. So, so you were you were in the dress in the picture? Not in the no, picture. That was before oh. the assault. In the picture, you can see me just wearing normal clothes. Somewhere Conway is on Twitter saying, me too. Oh. Gary and Shannon. What do you mean? Shannon, top of the hour, we're going to get into all of uh, the stories that are trending today. There's a couple of good ones in there, a couple of bad ones also, including the uh, identification of a body we now know as Blaze Bernstein, the uh, college student, body found in Borrego Park there in Lake Forest. So we'll update that story at the top of the hour. Coming up also next hour, it looks like a judge has blocked Trump's decision to end DACA and Steve Bannon apparently in denial. He's been kicked out of Breitbart, but right now we're talking to Steve Gregory, who is at CES and brings us all the fun stuff that they have worked out there. Steve, what, what's impressed you so far? Well, first of all, I found something that I know the two of you are going to really like. It's called Pico Brew, and that's P-I-C-O Brew. And it's imagine a Keurig, like a coffee maker Keurig, but imagine that for beer. And basically what happens is you can create your own flavored beer. If you want a lager, a pilsner, an IPA, whatever you're feeling like, you put all the fresh ingredients into this gadget, and a week later you've got the beer of your choice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It, it's in there. Um, the CES over the last few years has really put a lot of effort and energy into startups. And since crowdfunding has become so popular, they've now dedicated an entire ballroom in one of the other hotels just to startup companies and just to companies to be able to match up with investors and with manufacturers and distributors. And Pico Brew is one of those. Last year, it was merely in a, kind of an idea and a concept. And now this year, it's a, it's a tangible gadget that you can buy and put in your house and then add your own hops and barley, whatever you want to do. And it, it walks you through the whole process to where you're fermenting your own beer, you're brewing your own beer, customize your flavor. So that's the kind of stuff kind of the useful stuff, I guess, if you will, that comes out of this show. Um, medical tech is really big now. It's all about being able to diagnose, prevent disease, diagnose issues and problems, pain management, a lot of like little bio strips now, like Band-Aids with chips in them that can release, you know, electropulses if you've got chronic pain in your spine or lower back or somewhere or muscles, and it, or it can deliver any kind of like pain medication through your skin, like a, a derma patch, something like that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And I know that both both of you being sports fans, a lot of sports technology is really getting a lot of traction here. And NFL, NBA, they're really looking at a lot of ways they can invest in technology to enhance the player's ability to perform and to also enhance their audience's experiences, you know, being able to immerse the I'm sorry, NFL like in 3D and virtual reality and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I know within recent years now on practice fields, they've got those robotic blockers, if you will, um, they're 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 the coverage for wide receivers. Uh, it, it's like a moving 
God, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating this. Like a moving punching bag almost, a big, huge punching bag that sure. is can sense where the player is moving. You can I don't know if you can like put in the route or whatever, but it can sense where the player's body is and it it, it can act as the defensive back. And it, it's insane what they're doing with technology for, for players. Well, and the scary part about that, too, kind of scary, but the useful part about it is making these robots and, and all this artificial intelligence intuitive. And that's like you just say, you know, being able to calculate what a human's movements are going to be or, the, or what the movement is going to be of the human versus robot and that robot adjusts, things like that. It's kind of creepy technology, but that's what's becoming more and more reality. Also, uh, safety and security is a big thing. There's a connected homes are a really big thing right now. All the appliances are going to have gadgets in them where you don't have to do much work anymore, and they take all the guesswork out of temperature and cooking and shopping lists and things like that. But with all that new technology comes security, you know, security vulnerabilities. And so now I, I saw this thing that looks like a, a big dome, like a big light dome, but it's actually a hub that you can install in your house now to where you can encrypt all of the Wi-Fi and the wireless technology within your home, you can encrypt it and basically build your own uh, NORAD or, or, or NSA bunker, if you will, that only your, your, your uh, uh, signals and Wi-Fi and all that stuff is only exclusive to you because you're encrypting everything now so that you, no one can penetrate your, your Wi-Fi system, that stuff like that. So a lot of really practical things here. And a lot of things that are just a little pie in the sky, like that 146-inch screen television. I can't even imagine where someone would put one up like that. <laughs> well, maybe do a handle. But, um, you know, just huge 146-inch screen TV, TV screens and monitors that roll up like plastic yoga mats. You can roll them up and take the TV screen with you, wow. things like that. I, that I don't imagine everyday people are going to be buying. Well, and I wonder if uh, 20 years ago they were talking about, you know, 48-inch flat screens, and they would say, where would anybody even put that? Well, and remember when HD was all the rage, HDTV, and we're like, wow, this is great. Look how clear it is. Look how great this is. And now then it was 4K. Now it's OLED, and now it's 8K. Now they're going on with 8K, and it's like, well, gosh, do I really want to see the TV anchors' wrinkles and makeup up that close? I mean, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, As uh, Doug Steckler used to say, uh, Diane Sawyer is shot through the Rockies, Ooh. and sometimes it's nice to have a lens that big. <laughs> Which is why. I mean, I'm talking about rumor. for myself. I'm not talking uh-huh. about for her. Well, it's just you know, it's nice to have a camera to hide the imperfections. Well, maybe you should do for you what she did for her. The rumor was she has it in her contract that she always has a soft focus on her lens. Oh, interesting. Or just a can of But also, too, imagine this. Imagine getting into your car, and instead of having keys to get in your car, it's a retina scan in order to open and unlock your door. That's creepy to me. I I can use a key. You know, I can use a clicker. The top part of the door threshold area up there, you would look at it and, you know, retina scan. And when you get in, then where the horn usually goes is facial recognition. And if it's not your face that recognizes the car, the car won't start. That's ridiculous. (laughs) It's a little silly. Uh, Well, three times in uh, less than a week, Steve, we are blessed to have you. Thank you. Oh, always a pleasure, guys. You have a good rest of the day. I've got got a few ones that I still have to blow before I leave. So um, I'll see you later. Don't get them them caught up (laughs) in the gears. In the 30 weight? Okay, yeah. will do. All right. Steve Gregory there, the latest on the, the CES preview. I think the show officially opens, is it today or tomorrow? Anyway, it officially opens uh, there in Vegas, and you have to be super special to get in. Coming up next. Like Steve.
everything everyone is talking about everywhere right here on Gary and Shannon.